Welcome to the Life Success and Legacy Podcast. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. We want to welcome you back to the next episode of the Life Success and Legacy Podcast. I'm Chris Bay, joined by our founder, Michael King Everett. How are you, USA? You Good morning. today? Well, I'm just, uh, I'm, it was the easiest thing to put on. <laughs> you're not 100% today, are you? You're a little rough. No, no, I'm kind of fighting something, but that seems like it's always something for an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> USA, if you were in the Olympics, Mike Everett, either summer or winter Olympics, what events would you want to do? Oh, man. Well, <laughs> if you go back about 40 years, I would have wanted to play basketball. You would have been um, on the dream you, team. Yeah, if you go back 50 years, I might have wanted to do the decathlon. Ah. But at this particular age, I'd probably want to do the golf. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get it out there. <laughs> Sounds uh, good. I want to do something non-strenuous. Yeah. <laughs> well, is always... physically. Right, right. Yeah, we'll just lay you down on the luge and push you down the hill. Ooh, you take this 203 pounds. I I think I can make some tracks. (laughs) We want to thank our listeners for joining us, uh, continuing to join us. Mike Crawford every once in a while shoots us some data about how many people listen and where we're ranked in in podcasts in the United States and Canada and stuff like that. And we're always like, you're kidding me. (laughs) It cracks us up that, but we're grateful for everybody joining in. Um, a lot of our podcasts, the topics that we touch on come from you all. They come from questions that happen during our boot camps or from clients, et cetera. And today's a, a perfect example of that. Mike, um, we're going to talk about, now most of our clients are very familiar with the way we design policies that you've got a yep. base premium, you've got a flex PUA premium and how we leverage those to um, to capitalize the, the cash value early on so you can yep. use it for banking purposes. But there's a lot of other, what the life insurance industry call writers. What is a writer in general and, and why are they even worth considering or available when people start policies? Well, really the writer is nothing more than a supplemental benefit that you can actually add to a policy if it's available if it's available. So, um, you know, in the, in the old days, and I'm going to go back, golly, I, I did some math the other day. I've actually been in life insurance and, or the insurance business for 35 years now. Mm -hmm. So these are things that we've, we've talked about forever as insurance agents, but yet, you know, for our listeners, we are infinite banking concept coaches and educators Mm -hmm. but yet first off we are life insurance guys yeah but we teach the infinite banking concept so many of the things that we'll talk about you can add some are available some are not but yet they are really just supplemental benefits so i'm going to add an asterisk in here. Mm -hmm. Most of these things are only additions if somebody needs them. And I would say that the list that we're going to talk about 
there's really probably only one or two <clears throat> that we would consider adding to a policy for our particular clients. Again, it comes back to the purposes and the goals of our clients. And we always exactly. keep these in mind. Um, and we'll give some examples of why this might apply for a certain client. They may want to consider this. Yep. It, it reminds me of kind of, you know, if you go on a trip, let's just say you're traveling out of out of country and you're renting a car and they always offer the, the insurance, right? And yep. the, renting the car might be super cheap, but the insurance might be super expensive. Yep. Well, that uh, might apply to somebody who doesn't have alternative insurance options for that to cover that piece. But if they've got it through their credit card or their own insurance policy or whatever, they don't need it. That's it's exactly like right. That. It's kind of like a rider like that. Yep, it's exactly right. You're probably already paying for it somewhere else. Exactly. And some of these riders are already included and there is no extra charge. Um, yep. And then some of them, there is a an additional charge, most of which are minimal. Uh, we'll give some examples of how inexpensive some of these riders are. And then some of them are a little bit more, uh, and you'd want to consider yep. that, that cost. So, well, let's jump into some of these. And, and I want to just preface this and say, this is just going to be a high level, just introduce you to the concepts to see if anything might apply to you as you're thinking about your policies. Um, or your new policies not existing because you oftentimes cannot go back and add these riders after the fact. It has to be done at the time, in most cases, at the time that you start the policies. But exactly. this is really an, an overview, just, just an introduction. And then we can speak to people specifically about their situation and go deeper into which of these may be available and which not. Agreed. Mike, there's two that are always included, um, at least to my knowledge, with um, all the companies that we work with, these are included, and that is the accelerated death benefit rider for chronic and terminal illness. Those riders are already included, no extra charge. Can you give a little bit of an explanation as to what those are and, and why someone might want to uh, tap into those? Okay, so let's just talk about the chronic illness. Basically, um, you have the availability to tap into the death benefit portion if your physician has certified that you have become permanently chronically ill. And that is really the, the overview of that. And it usually has to do with you not being able to, to uh, perform some of the daily duties that you do. Um, <clears throat> it, it's, it's not difficult. It's just that it has to be certified by a physician. The other one is the terminal illness provision. Basically, the death benefit can be used prior to death if the diagnosis has been given and you're only expected to live within 12 months. But yet it has to be certified by a physician. Hey, somebody's got stage four cancer or fill in the blank there. And it looks like they've got 12 months. So you know, that could be a real option in this crazy world that we <clears throat> that we live in. Mm -hmm. um, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever had anybody tap into either one of these no. in my 35 years in the yeah. insurance business. So uh, but yet in the days of old and I'm going back a long way now, you had to actually add these. But now the insurance companies are giving these as a benefit inside the policy automatically. 
Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> let me just say this out loud. They're more than likely already charging it, charging a, a, a client for them on the front end in the internal cost of the policy. I would imagine so. So don't, you know, don't make it, we don't want it to seem like it's uh, the cherry on the uh, Sunday because they're, these insurance companies are pretty smart. They know how to make money. Well, and and plus they're going to have to pay out the death benefit at some point anyway. So if someone has terminal illness within the next 12 months, they're already knowing they're going to, they're going to be giving up that money. That's right. That's so exactly it's already right. calculated in. So those are two that are already included. Yep. There's no additional cost that anybody has to pay, but it can be, you know, for example, if I get cancer and I'm terminal and we don't yep. have other resources to pay for some That's of the right. medical bills and things, we can actually tap into a percentage of that death benefit before right. I've passed away to help pay for some of those costs. That's right. This okay. way there's not, yeah, there's this way there's not a whole bunch of costs after the actual death. So let's talk about this next rider. This is not one that I I think we've ever put on a a policy. Accidental death benefit rider. Accidental death benefit Mm -hmm. rider. Okay. So, you know, they're (laughs) going to specify what qualifies as an accident. What does That's right. Were you driving? Were you not driving? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Were you looking out of of your left eye? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I know that sounds, we're chuckling about it because, this is really a profit center. Most of the riders that these insurance companies allow are profit centers. I mean, there are specific things that have to happen. You know, you had to have your right foot on the accelerator and you had to have your left arm out of the window making a left-hand turn signal. I I'm, I know that sounds like we're just kind of having fun here and we are, but yet if they weren't, if they didn't have those specific things, they would be paying out on a ton of things that they normally would not do. So once again, there are specific criteria that have to happen mm-hmm. in order for them to actually do that. So that particular rider, there is a cost. It is, you know, I, I, I've seen them as little as 12 to $15 a year up to $50 a year. So it really depends on the company and their experience and all of this. But yet, once again, there's a cost to it. I'll just add a little bit of a language from one of the companies that I'm looking at right now, the way they they label it. It's, it's additional death benefit may be paid if the death results one year from an accident and before the age of 70. So, for example, if I get in an accident that qualifies based on all their language yep. and I die from that accident within one year and I'm not 70 years old yet, then I'm and I've paid that additional premium, then I might get that additional death benefit. OK, but once, again, but I, once OK, but once again, you have to have this writer on the policy. Yes. In order to get paid. Yep. OK, so here's one that I think is interesting um, that could apply for folks. It's called the children's insurance rider. Yep. OK. And and I even my mind, I can I can think of an example of why someone might do this. <coughs> Let's just say yep. it's a young couple and they're starting their very first IBC policy and they've got enough to pay for um, that premium. But they don't, and they've got young kids that are, you know, 17 or younger, and they can't get a term policy on the kids, and they don't have the cash flow to cover IBC whole life policies on those kids. 
what is this option for them? Really, uh, it, if you had to get, and you've, you've really hit on all cylinders there, usually you can buy it in, in minimum amounts up to a certain amount. And so usually the minimum amounts two grand and the maximum amounts 10 grand. Yeah. And really what you're doing is, just as you said, it's somebody who can't afford to buy an IBC style policy on the front end. So what you're doing is you're, you're getting it for a limited amount, but I would probably tell somebody if you got one kid, maybe two, this is probably wasted money, but if you've got three to six, seven kids, and we've got people who have a gaggle of kids, this is probably not a bad, this is probably not a bad purchase, but yet, most of the people that we're talking with understand IBC. They understand how to implement it. And over time, over a time period, this is really just a term rider thrown on a policy for a minimum amount. And there's still a cost to it. But the cost is so inexpensive. They're it's cheap. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah you might cheap. end up you might end up paying 10 to 15 bucks a year for something like this. And really, for the amount of coverage that you're getting, this sounds horrible, and we wouldn't wish this on any of us, but it really is covering burial costs. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And so it is a, it, it, and, but here's the nice thing about it. Children's, plural, insurance rider. Mm-hmm. You can put it on there and it covers all kids. Yeah. You don't have to add per kid. It's uh-uh, just that's it. In, any new kids that are born or adopted or whatever that that's come it. into the family, they're included. Yep. You got it. Yeah. And again, it's super cheap. Okay. Let's move on to the next one. This one's called the disability benefit rider for flex PUA riders. This goes along with an additional rider, a disability insurance rider. One is for the base. One is for the flex PUA. Do you want to talk yep. about those? Well, so you have to have, you have to have the disability, the way, yeah, you have to have the disability benefit built into the policy, but yet what you're doing is this particular rider is for the flex PUA. So Mm -hmm. everybody who's listening more than likely knows that when we put, you know, the, the 40 to 50% in the base for the premium, that's where you buy the bulk of the death benefit. And then we have the flexible PUA rider. This is really just covering the flexible PUA rider. If you select this, the amount of the two-year or five-year own occupation, the insurance company will assist in paying the premium for the PUA. Yeah. If you become disabled. So, for example, let's just put this in real terms. I, I, I bike. Used to run, can't do that anymore because of my back, but I go out and bike and I go out on these country gravel roads. And let's just say one day I'm out riding and I fall and I, I knock my head, right? Yep. And I become disabled. And my wife uh, works her tail off, but doesn't get paid for the work that she does, right? Yep. This, this rider, if I became disabled, this rider, if I had purchased it up front, it could cover the premiums on my policy it would have to be designated if i did it for the base and then if i did this additional one for the pua i would have those options to do that is that a good application that is a good application but here's the catch number one this is an expensive cost Mm -hmm. 
And number two, the benefit is minimal. Yeah. <laughs> so usually there's minimums and maximums that they'll pay. They'll pay minimums and maximums. So the minimum they'll pay is a thousand bucks. The the maximum is the lesser of the fifteen thousand of fifteen thousand dollars or uh, the PUA rider specified maximum premium. So here's the thing: they will pay up to a certain amount, and that's it. Yeah. And this is a very expensive expensive rider okay. um, more than likely because of the way we design the policies. So for our listeners, they already know that we're only going to leave the paid up edition rider on for four years. The likelihood of something like this happening is usually later on down the road. Yeah. I can't imagine we would ever recommend someone do the, the rider for the, for the paid up edition rider. The, it'd the, be slim. It'd be slim pickings. Yeah, I, I can't it, imagine I, a situation nope. where we do it because we're really only keeping that on for four years. The base one might apply, maybe if a person's occupation is so critical to their physical ability to do their job. I'm thinking of like a a construction worker, yep. a, a plumber, you know, a pipe fitter, someone who it's physical, or like a surgeon, right? Or it could be like an athlete or a dancer, someone where their physical ability to do their work is their income and paying the premium, their base premium is dependent on their income. That might yeah. be a situation where they may want to consider something like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. Then the next one on our list we've talked about because it's a part of IBC and that's the flex PUA writer. We include that on all of our policies, all of our yep. IBC policies. I don't know that we need to go into detail on that one because we know we have I'd say everybody everybody knows about the the flex PUA um, all of the companies that we that we uh, are contracted with and design illustrations with have the flexible PUA uh, it is a it is a given it is really one of the the base teachings that Nelson Nash explains in his book yeah. so that, that we don't ever, we don't ever skip that at all. No, no. Okay. The next one, Mike, I know you have used personally, it's called the guaranteed purchase option writer. Can you explain to our listeners what that is and how you have used it? Well, we call it the uh, guaranteed insured option. I call it the GIO. Um, they call it a purchase option with this particular sheet that we're looking at. Basically, what you're doing is you are guaranteeing that you can purchase additional life insurance down the road for kids, regardless of their health. Mm -hmm. So if you think about this, and we're going to give a real, I'm going to give you real tangible stuff for people. This will be information that people will understand. There are regular purchase option ages that these insurance companies, we've got 22, 25, 28, 31, 34, 37, and 40. You can buy a minimum of $5,000 death benefit up to $50,000 death benefit. It's, this isn't rocket science, what we're doing, but here's the awesome thing. You can indeed purchase these options without showing proof of insurability. Now, I have two grandkids from uh, my son and my daughter-in-law. 
there's no way to actually think through anything like this, but both of them got type one diabetes as they were kind of going on in life. They're 12 and 10 now, 12 and 10. Uh, Hunter's had it for, I think, five, maybe six years now. Lila's had it for four or five years. Mm-hmm. They are not going to buy, be able to purchase life insurance ever again. They are insulin dependent kids. This is guaranteeing that at these ages, 22 and every three years up to age 40, that I can buy an additional life insurance policy on these kids without showing proof of insurability. Do you think that is a wise decision? You better believe it is. I won't care about the cost of it. Mm -hmm. We will just do it automatically. It will be at attained ages though. So at 22 and whatever the rating is on her policy, which was standard because all kids policies, 17 and under are just standard rating. We'll be able to buy a standard rated policy at $50,000 a shot. So what a gift this will be to her spouse at some point in time. And when you say 50,000, you're talking about that additional death benefit, not the premium, the death benefit. That's exactly correct. That's probably good that you said that. So that $50,000 in death benefit that you can add at each of those attained ages the premium will be determined based on what would it cost for a standard rating that's it to earn fifty thousand dollars of additional money whatever that premium is that's what you're going to pay to add that on yeah so there is a for those of our listeners who are all in on ibc this is only base death benefit Mm -hmm. this is not something that we can actually construct or re-engineer to utilize for IBC, but at that point in time, you really won't care what the cost is. This really goes back, Mike, to what you said at the beginning is, yes, we teach IBC. None of us on the team came to this because we, we are, we were attracted to the life insurance part. We came to it because we were attracted because IBC, but the fact of the matter is we are life insurance agents. And this really speaks to that because even though these this policy, you're adding new base premium and eventually it would create cash value, but it's not early on. This yep. is really speaking to the life insurance part of this. And, and I want to say for your grandkids, this is because of the foresight of, as they call you, pops, right? <laughs> That's right. This is because pops had the foresight to do two things. Number one, start policies on grandbabies when they were 15 days old. Yep. And number two, pay the itty bitty amount extra for that guaranteed insurability rider. And that thing is dirt cheap. And you had no idea they were going to have zero, zero. We have no, we, we have no type one diabetes on either side of our families, Kurt or, or, or Lawrence. Yeah. So I, you know, Hey, it is what it is. Not a, not a bad rider. And Mike, um, the cost of these riders is minimal. Am I right? Yeah, in fact, uh, you know, I probably should have looked this up just for fun. <laughs> it's like fifty uh, bucks. It, a year you know, it really, it really would be ideal to give somebody a, an idea of cost. But yeah, I, because this is one of the riders that really does make sense for some people. Oh man, oh man. So if you've got somebody who, um, who literally 
Here, I'm pulling this up real quick. I'm doing this. I Pro- apologize. Probably may to... have to edit some of this. Yeah, no, no. It, this is all. <laughs> this is all part of the fun of uh, of what we do. Okay, so I'm I'm pulling up Lila's uh, original uh, original policy. So here you go, GIO guaranteed mm-hmm. insurability option. A big thirty three bucks a year yeah. to guarantee. 100% that you can buy life insurance at certain intervals in their lives. To nice. me, it's free. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's free. All right. Anything else you want to say on the, the guaranteed nope, insurability? No, I think, we, I think we hit on that. Okay. Um, the next one you want to talk about, which one do you want to go to? Well, I... Probably, I would just jump into this waiver of premium. I think so, too. <clears throat> yeah. So, basically, the waiver of premium for two-year own occupation or five-year own occupation. Basically, uh, you're going to have to have proof of disability during the continuance of that disability. You're you're literally talking about in the first two years or five years, if you are being if you're disabled for your for your regular occupation you use my bike bike accident example right that's exactly right so if you end up getting dis- disabled for whatever reason and you can't perform the duties of your occupation they will actually waive the premium on your life insurance and this is on your base, base. yeah of your base premium now there is what they call an elimination period. It's basically a time frame where they're not going to do that for a four a four month period. But keep in mind, ninety nine point nine percent of our clients have available equity cash value against their policy. Mm-hmm. So there's availability for the internal portion of the policy to pay that premium if somebody's on a monthly monthly premium most of our clients they're not on a monthly they could switch to a monthly very easily and just let the cash values cover it that's exactly right yeah very simple so there's a two-year and a five-year and i remember mike back in the day when i was you know learning about all this life insurance part to do ibc to teach people about ibc and i had to kind of wrap my head around this two-year and five-year option can you explain that a little bit more well basically if you can't perform your duties for a two-year period or a five-year period, they're going to pay your premiums only for that time period. It's re- it's it's exactly like a disability policy. So somebody will buy a disability policy for two years, five years, or a lifetime up to age 65. So if you become disabled and you can't, and you can't, you can't make your regular, you know, duties. What mm-hmm. they'll do is they'll they'll pay you a disability amount in a regular disability policy. In this particular example, it's really them just paying your premiums for a certain time period. Okay, good. Yeah. Now there's there's two more on here, and and these vary depending on the company that you're working with and your policy yeah. is with. These are term riders. These are not flex yeah. PUAs. These are nope. term riders. And we do use these on occasion, depending on age, health, et cetera. 
<coughs> so let's just use an example. When would be a time that we might add, let's just say the option is a 10-year term writer. Yeah. When would be a situation where we might add a 10-year term writer? So we'll have three parts. We'll have the base premium, we'll have the flex PUA, and then in certain situations, we will add a term writer, like a 10-year, for example, a 10-year term right. writer. When are the cases that we would do that? Well, th those are cases where we need cash value on the very front end. We need the available equity in the policy through the, the paid up addition rider. So if you look at somebody's age, I'm going to tell you it'd be probably 55 plus, maybe 52 plus, age 52 and above. Mm -hmm. And or they have some health situations that's causing an adjustment of the way the policy premiums are allocated. Um, I'm going to tell you, we've taken some deep dives on this in the last really probably couple of years. And I'm, I'm going to use mine, for example. Yes. A year and a half ago, we bought a $20,000 annual premium policy. And because I did it at age 65 was no, I think I was 66 mm -hmm. in insurance age. What happened was our normal policy, if you take a 30 to 40 year old, they're going to really, if you just let the, the illustration software decide, they're going to put about 35 to 42% in the base and they're going to put the rest in the paid up addition rider. Mm -hmm. Well, as you get older, what ends up happening is they change that around and they're going to put roughly 60% in the base and 40% in the PUA. Now, if you go back and you do some investigation in Nelson's book, you will realize that normally in a normal situation, it's 40% base, 60% PUA. That's kind of a given for us. Yeah. But there's reasons why we would not add a term rider if it was a benefit to the client five and 10 years from now, because really what ends up happening is the internal portion of the policy catches up very, very quickly, even though we may not have added the term rider. Now let's get back to the term rider. Why would we, why would we put that on there? We are working with a client that absolutely 100% needs the cash availability against the policy day one. Yeah. Somebody who's going to maybe utilize it to invest in a business and or pay down debt or fill in the blank. So once again, this is why we take people through our process, because we discover those things on the front end during the client dream conversation. So, for example, with your policy, you said at an insurance age at 66 and we chose this was a policy that Life Success Legacy was buying on you. That's correct. As a, as a key person policy, as a key person within our business, business owners, you can do that. You can yep. buy a policy on key people. and That's an insurable interest. Life Success Legacy purchased a policy on Mike Everett. Now, we didn't need the cash value right away. That's we have correct. Other, we, have a, a, we have 10 policies, I think, that are owned by Life Success Legacy, and they're fully capitalized. And I don't think we have any loans against them at, uh, currently. No, we don't. There's just so we didn't cash need value. the cash value right away. So there was no need 
for us to add that term rider to make it more efficient for early cash value. Correct. Yeah. But if it's somebody who's using it personally and they are, let's say, 60, 62 years old, maybe they've got a health issue, maybe high blood pressure, something like that. So they don't get a super efficient policy and they've got some some debts that they want to turn the wind current yep. on quickly. In that case, we probably would add a term rider to get it closer to that 60-40 split so they can use it immediately for IBC purposes. Yes, exactly. Okay. Now, Mike, you kind of said at the beginning, there's costs to these, there's rules to these riders. The life insurance company has thought through this stuff. They're making sure that, you know, they're not like, it's not a gift, right? No, they're it's paying not. For this it's stuff. Not. Their costs are covered, but it can be something that is hugely beneficial. For example, like the guaranteed insurability rider that it's you have gigantic. With, your, with your grandkids. That's right. So each of these situations, what we do again, we, we learn what your situation is, what your goals are, et cetera. And then we can make recommendations to you as to what you might want to consider. But the purpose of this podcast was just to make you all aware of what some of these writers can do and whether they might fit for, for your circumstances. Well, that's good stuff right there. All right. Mike, anything else you want to say about these writers? Nope. Nope. I think we've hit all, all of them. I'm telling you. Just interestingly... I'm trying to think back through Nelson's book. Does he ever talk about any of the writers other than the Flex PUA? He doesn't. Not once. <laughs> no. I've gone through this book a few times. I don't ever see any of these things in there. <clears throat> I don't remember ever, ever nope. reading about any of those additional writers. That's not to say that they're not that not worthwhile. That wasn't his That's purpose. Right. He was trying to teach the IBC system and so you don't yep. need to cloud that up with other things. So good stuff. Mike, Everett, yep. you need to get yourself 100% healthy. I do. Next week's the Think Tank. So uh, it's game time. That's right. Think Tank, you and Mike Kwong are going to be able to attend that. And then you've got yep. a, a grandbaby coming on the way here in the next few weeks. So uh, we need to get you to 100%. People need you. I do need that right now. That's right. Hey, to our listeners, thanks for joining us as always. Um, check us out at our website, lifesuccesslegacy.com. Uh, whatever format you're listening or taking this in, if you can give us a thumbs up or a comment or download, all of those are helpful. If you decide you don't want to do any of those, we don't care either. Just enjoy our, <laughs> the information that we share. Um, check out our books and other resources that we have. We do have, I'm not sure when Crawford's going to release this, but um, Saturday, February 18th, uh, we're doing another one of our boot camps. Um, so that is 9.30 a.m. Central Time to about noon or 12.30. Uh, you can register for those on our website as well. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>